If you would, if you have a Bible or the app on your phone, join me in that passage, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. Elizabeth, thank you for sharing. Um, It's so cool to have her come to us a month or so ago and just share her heart and her desire to use what God has um, gifted her with um, for the church and to use those gifts and those skills to help the church, um, to help us really help people and help people come to know who Jesus is, the one who can, can heal their souls. Um, so Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. Uh, today we're going to wrap up the, the teaching portion in our series where we've been looking at the practices, of, the discipleship practices of prayer and fasting. And as Kyle said earlier, next Sunday morning we'll gather here at 1030 and we'll end our fast together with kind of a potluck breakfast all right, so we're going to ask everyone to bring something to share, a, a, a food item to share next Sunday morning. So we'll gather here at 1030. We'll, we'll end the fast together, and we'll just have a time of worship and celebration and prayer and, and just a time of sharing as far as what God was doing and it has been doing um, in, in our lives and, and throughout our church. So that's next Sunday morning. This morning, what, what I want us to do is I want to answer the question, what do you do while you're fasting? All right, what do you do? Specifically, what prayers can I pray while I'm fasting? And and the reason why I ask the question that way is because prayer and fasting are often linked together. It's kind of like, if you're a football fan, it's kind of like the Patriots and the the Super Bowl for the past who knows how long, right? They just kind of seem to go together, right? And and fasting and prayer kind of, they go together. And so this morning... What I want us to, to look at is if you're wondering, what do I say? What do I pray for? That's the question I want us to answer this morning is what kinds of prayers can we be praying while we're fasting? And this morning, I just want us to show us some biblical examples of the kinds of prayers that God's people prayed while fasting. Now, before we look at those kinds of prayers, I'm going to ask a young lady to come and share a testimony with you guys um, that she shared with me earlier in the week. I'm going to ask Ellie. Ellie, come and, and share. And it was just so cool. She was She's a, a senior here at the school, and she came into um, my classroom right after class and was just excited about something that God has been doing in her and just in a specific way, something that he did in her a couple weeks ago when we were here. And so I'm going to have her share just uh, with you guys what she shared with me. Okay? Awesome. Okay, so I'm Ellie. Um, Okay, so a couple weeks ago, we were talking about prayer, and um, it just, like, really hit me, and I felt like I was so involved, and, like, I was just there, like, in the moment, like, in Scripture, and the Word, Um, and at the end, we were talking about Paul, and Paul being bothered by the fact that, like, there's all these non-Christians around him, and if he's not praying for them, then that's not good, or whatever, so... I was, like, sitting there, and I was like, wow, like, I need to be bothered by the fact that I live my life every day with so many non-Christians around me, and then if I'm not praying for them, like, that's not good at all. So um, we, like, started worship, we started praying, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, wow, like, I can't just sit here and do nothing. So I, like, went to the back, and I, like, grabbed my mom, and I was talking to her, and we were just um, praying for these people that were coming to my mind. I was like, Uh, like, there were a couple people that, like, came straight to my mind, and, like, I was praying for them by name. It was really great, but then, um, like, not even 20 minutes later, I, it was, like, after church was over, I was at UDF, um, getting gas, and a co-worker from work responded to, like, 
my Instagram story and he was like, hey, like, I just love seeing how like open you are about your faith. He was like, not many Christians are like this. And like that instant, it just like opened up the doors for conversation. And we started talking about God and just like his faith, my faith. And it was really cool because even though I wasn't praying for um, that coworker in general, God like showed me in that moment how present he was. The fact that I was praying about it 20 minutes later and then like right then and there, like he just opened up the doors for conversation. Um, And then there was also this friend who I go to school with and um, like I had been thinking about like reaching out to her and like going to coffee with her just because like um, like I knew she was struggling. So after Pastor Mark's message, I was like, okay, like I really need to reach out to her. And last Monday, we ended up going out for coffee, and it was really, really cool, because I, like, didn't want to, like, push anything on her, because I didn't want to, like, scare her away or whatever, so I just, like, prayed that God would, like, open up time of conversation, and, like, he did. We talked about prayer, we talked about church, um, and, like, religion, and, like, her views on it, and it was just, it was really, really great, and it was, like, a great reminder to me that, like, he's there and like he's going to work through me as long as I let him. I love that just because her sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in the moment to listen and but not just to listen to act too right because I think a lot of times we listen and and God brings someone to mind but then it just kind of stays there or we just kind of stiff arm the Holy Spirit while we're sitting here or whatever. Or we, we kind of put our, the, our, our hands over the ears of our heart and while the Spirit wants to say something to us. And, and I really believe um, that God wants to say something specifically to you this morning. And I think He wants, and I believe He wants to say something to us. And so, just as He did with Ellie a couple weeks ago, right? And and God opened the door for her to step into that and be obedient and, and to share Christ with, with some friends and, and a coworker. And so this morning, I, I just want you to, to be open and just ask, even in the quietness of your own heart, say, God, what do you want to say to me today? Help me to listen. Help me to hear. And, and then help me to act. Help me to be obedient to what you want to say to me today. I love that. Thanks, Ellie, for sharing that. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. If you're there, I just want to read it for us again, as we heard it earlier in the video. But he says this, Jesus is speaking. He says, and when you fast, so it's expected, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast... Anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So this morning, as we kind of wrap up the teaching portion of our series on prayer and fasting, the question is, what do you do while you're fasting? Right? What, what, do you, what do you do next weekend or whenever you fast when your stomach starts to growl? Right? What do you do when that urge to grab a Cheez-It right, just starts to rage inside you? All right? And you're just like, what do I do? What, what, what do you do in that moment? What do you do maybe if the headaches start to come? You pray. You pray. And so this morning, I just, 
I just want, want to equip us and help us know what are some, some kinds of prayers that we can be praying while we're fasting. Because I think there's many of us who've never experienced a fast like what we're going to experience this coming weekend. We maybe have fasted a meal, and I hope many of you did that. That was a challenge last weekend, right, to fast a meal this past week. But for some of us, we've never experienced the kind of fast we're going to go into next weekend. So, so what do you do? What kinds of prayers can we be praying? This is not an exhaustive list, okay, but it is, there's four that, that I think we can see pretty clearly in Scripture, four kinds of prayers. And the first one is this. It's a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of repentance, a prayer of confession, a prayer for forgiveness, and we see Daniel praying this kind of prayer while he's fasting. So we're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning. So go with me to the Old Testament book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. And what we're going to see is we're going to see Daniel praying this kind of prayer while he's fasting. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. And we'll just... Keep reading for a little bit. Daniel says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking Him. Again, that's he's seeking God. And how is he doing that? By prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So he's seeking God through prayer, but how else? With fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And then in verse 4 it says, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. And now look at verse 5. He says, We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Go down to verse 9. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. And so you, if you continue to read Daniel's prayer, he's offering this, this prayer of repentance, this prayer of confession. And, and he's saying we, so he's including himself, but he's also, on behalf of God's people, he's asking God to forgive God's people for the rebellion and, and disobedience against God and what God has said. And so you see this prayer of repentance. And then if you keep keep reading and going down, you see verse 16, O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Verse 17, now therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And then verse 19, he says, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. This is a prayer for repentance. It's a call, a cry out to God, say, God, forgive me. Forgive us. Forgive your people for, your, for our disobedience against you. And so it's a prayer of repentance. We also see this kind of prayer mentioned in the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter 3. So go there with the, if, if you would, Jonah chapter 3. 
Some of us are familiar with the story of Jonah, right? God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to preach the gospel. Jonah kind of stiff arms that, ends up on a boat, goes overboard, gets swallowed. All right, comes out of the fish, still kind of reluctant, but ends up going to Nineveh, preaching the gospel. And this is what happens. Jonah chapter 3. Let's pick it up in, in verse 3. Jonah 3.3, 3. so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Verse 5, and the people of Nineveh believed God, and they called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, which is kind of a symbol of of humility. And he sat in ashes. Again, another symbol of just humbling himself before God. And in verse 7, it says, He issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. And this is what he says, By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. So there's this fast. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. So they're fasting and they're praying. They're calling out mightily to God. He says, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. In verse 9, he says, who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And then verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So if you were to try to find Nineveh today, you would find it in the modern-day country of Iraq. And so imagine a city in Iraq, and someone going to the city of Iraq and proclaiming the gospel to a city there, to the point to where there's like revival breaking out in the city. People are surrendering their lives to Jesus. And the mayor of the city, the leader of the city, gets up and says, we're going to proclaim a fast throughout the entire city. And what we're going to do while we're fasting is we're going to cry out mightily to God and we're going to ask God to forgive us of our sins. We're going to ask him to turn away his judgment that we deserve for our sins. And God listened and God answered that prayer of repentance. He answered that that prayer of confession. And so what we see in the the example of Daniel, what we see here in the example of, of the king of Nineveh is that one of the prayers we can pray, and they were praying these prayers while they were fasting is you can pray prayers of repentance. And so maybe next weekend or whenever you fast, your focus of that fast is just to ask God, God, reveal to me what what are areas in my life where I've been disobedient to you? Areas in my life where I am not following you, where I am stiff-arming the Holy Spirit and what he is saying to me and what he wants to do. Maybe you're going to spend time praying prayers of repentance for you, for your, for your neighborhood, for our city. I think this could involve prayers for our city, for a neighborhood, for a people to turn and surrender their lives to Jesus. So one of the prayers that we can pray while we're fasting are our prayers of repentance. And like the king of Nineveh, maybe you're going to cry out to God to bring revival to an area, to a place. Maybe it's to, to, to your campus. Maybe it's to, to your apartment complex, to your neighbor, whatever it might be. But one of the things that we can, one of the prayers we can pray while we're fasting is a prayer of 
repentance. A second kind of prayer that we see God's people praying while fasting is, is just simply a prayer for help. A prayer for help, a prayer for a miracle to happen, a prayer for deliverance. And we see this from um, one of God's leaders called the king. His name is, the, is King Jehoshaphat. He was a king of Judah, and we read about him in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So again in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you'll join me there. And what we're going to see is this king is going to, he's also going to declare a fast. And then I want us to see what he's praying while they're fasting. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Maonites, these are enemies of God's people, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, he said, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, Edom and from beyond the sea. And then if you keep going, it says, then verse 3, then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to what? To seek the Lord. So you can kind of see, right? What you can see here is that they're going to they're gonna pray and they're going to fast. Why? To seek the Lord. This is, we need God. It's a, it's a physical expression of need for God. It says, and then he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So kind of like what we're going to do this weekend this king is going, listen, God's people, we're going to proclaim a fast. And, and he says he, he proclaims a fast. Verse 4, And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord, to seek help. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and he says, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. And then go down to verse 9. He says, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house, and we will cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save Verse 12, O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? Speaking of the enemies that are coming to invade. For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. And I love this next sentence. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I love that. love the honesty. In that, have you ever been there in that in that space when you just didn't know what to do, and all you could do was just cry out to God and say, "God, I don't know what to do, but in the midst of this, I'm just I'm just going to keep my eyes on you." And this is happening while they're fasting. So what we see here is a a prayer for help. This army that's coming is is huge. The king of God's people, he looks at it and goes, there's no way we can defeat them. And so he's, he, he proclaims a fast, and while fasting, he's just saying, God, help us. Deliver us from this coming enemy. This enemy that wants to invade and destroy your people. And he's really asking God for a miracle, is what he's doing. 
So here we see this king proclaiming a fast, and while fasting, they're offering this prayer for help. It's just a simple cry for help, a cry for deliverance from an enemy. We see this also from another one of God's leaders, Ezra. Again, staying in the Old Testament, Ezra chapter 8. Ezra chapter 8, verses 21 through 23. God's people, had, has been, they've been slaves for about seven years or so in another country. God delivers them. He chooses Ezra to be one of the people to lead some of them back to God's city, Jerusalem. And so now they're making this journey back, out of slavery, back to God's city, their homeland, Jerusalem, And this is what Ezra says. He says in verse 21 of Ezra 8, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way. So there's an enemy. And again, he's proclaiming a fast. He says, since we told the king, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. Verse 23, so we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. What's he saying? He's saying, we proclaimed a fast, and while we're fasting, we're asking God to, for help. We're saying, God, protect us from, from the enemy. There, there's, to Ezra, there's the, the fear or the threat of robbers and thieves coming and and taking away um, their people and killing even the, the children as they're traveling. And he's saying, God, help us. We need your help. We need your protection. And as I was reading this early, I'm like, I wonder if this is where the prayer for safe travels comes from. I don't know. But that's really what he's doing. He's saying, God, give us safe travels as we travel from here to there. But the stakes are raised, right? Because we've got this enemy that's chasing us down. And so he's just simply, while they're fasting, let's proclaim a fast and let's pray a prayer for help, a prayer for deliverance. I remember my mom calling me. This was years ago. There's a time when my brother, Philip, he's about six years younger than me. He was in high school, 16 years of age or so. And I was in college and my mom called me and and told me this story. And, And what she was telling me when she called me on the phone was news to me about my brother, that he was dabbling with some drugs and drug activity um, and was being deceitful and lying to my parents. Um, This was all shocker to us. And things did not look good for him. And so my mom told me, well, we sent Phil to church camp. He didn't want to go to church camp. You can imagine, right? He didn't want to go, but they made him go. In hopes that God would do a work in his heart and he would surrender his heart to Jesus. Well, one of the days while Phil was at camp, my mom just felt this strong presence to just stop what she was doing and pray for him. And so she did. She stopped what she was doing. She went to 
her bedroom and she got on her knees and she begged God to deliver my brother. She begged God for a miracle. She just cried out, God, you got to help him. And her prayer was, I pray he gets caught doing something. I just pray he gets caught. And that by being caught, he recognizes what he's been doing and he surrenders his heart to Jesus. And she was praying, begging God, cry for help. Well, later that evening, if I understand the story, remember it correctly, later that evening, the same day that my mom paused and prayed, she got a call from the camp. And I can't remember if it was my brother that called her or a camp leader. And he called and he said, we want to tell you something about your son. We got, we caught him doing something against camp rules. And so we approached him about it. And we confronted him about it. And he admitted doing it. But we didn't just stay there. We, we talked about his relationship with Jesus. And he was broken. And he confessed everything. And he surrendered his heart to Jesus. You know when that happened that day? The exact moment my mom was on her knees praying. Because my mom said, well, when did that happen? When did he get caught? When was that conversation happening? He said, at this time, she's like, that's exactly the moment when I was on my knees begging God for help. One of the prayers that we can pray while we're fasting is a prayer for help, prayer for a miracle. Maybe for some of us, that's, that's going to be the focus of our fast next weekend is just there's someone in our life who, who, who needs healing, who's maybe... Um, overcome by an addiction or just darkness of the enemy and we're just going to spend our time just begging God to do a miracle in that person's life. Maybe it's you. Maybe there's a sin that just has its grip on you and you're just going to spend that 24 hours just focusing your prayer time on just, God, deliver me. I need a miracle because it's one of the prayers that we can pray while we're fasting. A third kind of prayer that we see in Scripture that we can pray while fasting is a prayer for wisdom and clarity. Wisdom and clarity. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. We see the church praying this prayer. We see the church praying this prayer. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Now there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manon, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And I think we're led to assume here that one of the things that they were praying for while they were fasting was for wisdom, for clarity. And they were asking, God, who do you want us to send out from the church for your global mission? Who? Who, who do you want us? Who are you raising up for us to send out to the nations to fulfill Jesus' mission to make disciples of all nations? Who? And so I think 
in that we can see this assumption that one of the things that they were praying for is wisdom and clarity because as they're worshiping, as they're praying, as they're fasting, the Holy Spirit reveals to them who they need to send. And so we see the church asking God for wisdom and clarity. We won't look at this, but in Acts chapter 14, the two guys that are sent, Paul and Barnabas here in Acts chapter 13, we see them asking for the same thing later. As they're Acts chapter 14, they've made some disciples, and these disciples are forming churches, house churches, and now they're going, okay, God, who do you want us to appoint as leaders over these churches? And so we see them asking God for wisdom and clarity. At the end of our gathering last Sunday morning, Jenny Raley came up, just unplanned, but we were talking about fasting, and she got up here at the end of the gathering, and she talked about how a time years ago when she fasted for three straight days, just she needed, and, and she said, the purpose for my fast was I needed wisdom. I needed clarity about the business that I was running, about just my stage of life and what God was saying. And so one of the prayers that we can pray while fasting is for wisdom and clarity. And so maybe next weekend or whenever you fast, you're just going to focus that time of prayer on just, God, I need, I need, I need wisdom from you. I need, I need your, you to make clear what is it that you want me to do and, and maybe it's around, God, where do you want us to move? Are you calling us to stay where we, where we live, to, to reach people where we live? Or do you want us to move to a different part of our city to reach a people there? God, do you want us to stay where we are? Or do you want us to go overseas and, and, and do something there to proclaim the gospel? Or maybe just a big decision in your life and you just are saying, God, I don't know what to do, but I need wisdom. I need your clarity. What is it that you want me to do? And we see that kind of prayer being prayed while God's people were fasting. A fourth prayer we see from a woman named Anna, and we spoke of her briefly last Sunday in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. The Gospel of Luke, and it's the prayer of worship, a prayer of worship to our God. Luke, chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. And then as a widow until she was 84, speaking of Anna, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. In verse 38, it says, And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So here's a woman, 84 years of age, a widow, who is continuously going to church. And specifically, Old Testament, she's going to the temple. Why? Because this is before Jesus Christ had died on the cross, resurrected, and the Holy Spirit had come and indwelling each and every believer. So this is happening before that moment. And so God's presence, his home address was this temple. And so she would go to this temple. Why? Because she just wanted to be in the presence of God. And while there, she would worship with prayer and fasting. So while she's fasting, she's giving thanks to God. She's offering these prayers of, of just gratitude and worship to the Lord. Because she understands really at the, the core of fasting, it's about being with God. It's about drawing closer to Him. And one more passage, Zechariah chapter 7, which I think just reminds us again of the goal of fasting. Zechariah chapter 7, verse 5. 
Zechariah is actually, it's God who's actually speaking, and he's speaking through his prophet. And he says this in Zechariah 4 and 5, he says, Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, say to all the people of the land and the priests, When you fasted and mourned in the fifth month and in the seventh, for these seven years, was it, check this question out, was it for me that you fasted? That's God speaking. Saying, why are you doing this? Why are you fasting? Because just like with anything, we can make fasting become this ritual that we want to use to manipulate God to get what we want. That's not what fasting is for. It's about ultimately being with God. And I've, sh- I've shared this before with you guys, I think, but our first year of marriage for Andrew and me was the most difficult. And why it was most difficult is because we had two different ideas and understandings of what being together meant. Right? Being together, to me, meant being in the same room, watching TV all day, sports, 24-7. And her reading a book, as long as she was in the same room as me, we were good. That was being together. For Andrea, her idea of being together meant turning off the TV, putting away the book, and we, were, we would occupy ourselves with one another. All right, we, that, that, that was being together, where we were turning off the TV, putting away the book, and now I'm occupied with her, and she's occupied with me. Fasting is similar. Fasting is a time where we say, now I'm going to turn off the food for a while. I'm going to say no to, to food for a while so that I can just intensify my focus and my need for God. And that's really what fasting is all about. It's about being with God and calling upon Him. And so what do you do while you fast? You pray. What can you pray? You can pray prayers of repentance. You can pray uh, prayers for help, for miracles to happen, for deliverance. You can pray prayers for wisdom and clarity. And you can pray and spend time in worship to the Lord. Now, I know that this is a challenge, right? A 24-hour fast. And that, that might be difficult. But here's the next step that I want us to take before next weekend. I want you to determine the purpose for your fast. And there might be several purposes. But I don't think we can read Scripture and without seeing that there was an intentionality behind every fast. There was a purpose with fasting. And so I want you to think through and, and just ask God to, to, to lay it on your heart. Maybe you don't know. And just say, Holy Spirit, lay on my heart. What is it that you want me to pray about and focus on during the fast? Holy Spirit, bring someone to mind or people to mind, a people group even, that you want me to be really praying for during the fast. But I I, I think it's important for us to determine the purpose for the fast. Whenever you fast, not just next weekend. And as the band plays and as they sing, just spend the next moments in prayer with one another. Grab two or three people and just call on God, asking him to move as we fast this next weekend. So let's do that together.